Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Vayedaber Elikim El Moshe, where God speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on the 24th day of the month of Teves, which in that year was Tuesday, just like this year, part of Parshat Era, in the year Tuf Shin Lamid Beis, exactly 50 years ago, two years later. In honor of Chav Dalatavis, in the year Tavshin Lamedalat, 48 years ago, Deborah went on to certify and edit this Hasidic discourse. So again, the Hasidic discourse is based on the verse of this week's Torah portion where God, Hashem says, Hashem speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu and he says to him, and he says, Ani Hashem, I am Yudke Vavke. And the verse finishes off and he says, Therefore, since I am Yudke Vavke, Lachain Emor Levnei Yisrael, go tell the Jewish people, Ani Hashem, I am Yudke Vavke. Shabbat said it's known the question from the Baal Ha'ilula, the Alter Rebbe who is Yartzeh and Chavdala Teves, and he asked, What's the Chiddush? What's this novel idea where Hashem is coming along and saying, Ani Hashem? That's how he starts off, Ani Hashem, I am Yudke Vavke. And like the verse continues on to say, um, in the novel idea of Ani Hashem, that even though to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, I only reveal to them with the name of Hashem of Kel Shaddai, however, Shmi HaYudke Bavke, this powerful name Yudke Bavke, Lo Yinaydatilem, I did not reveal myself to them. So again, the simple question is, what is this powerful name of Yudke Bavke? Also, the Rebbe says, we have to understand, in the general idea, that what does he say? That I appear to the, to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the name of Yudke Vavke, I did not reveal myself to them. In other words, on one hand, what is it saying? That Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob only got Kel Shaddai. And now to you, you're getting Yudke Vavke. In other words, that Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, is much greater than the patriarchs. And why? Because the fact is, specifically to Moshe Rabbeinu, in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, what was revealed all of a sudden? A whole new revelation, a great revelation of Yudke Vavke. However, to the patriarchs, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Yudke Vavke was not revealed. So, seemingly what we're saying is that the Moshe Rabbeinu, his generation, had a much greater revelation, it's a much, much higher level. But on the other hand, we know it says in the Medrash, and actually, um, uh, Rashi brings it um, uh, um, uh, on, on, on the verse. And Rashi says as follows, that in reference to the Avais, the patriarchs, Hashem says, Chabal avdim mishtakhim. Woe is it to those that are not here. And by the, on the other hand, they're never, they're never forgotten. Why? Because I repaired myself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when I appear to when I appear to them, not in the level of Yudke Vavke, this huge revelation which I'm giving you guys now, but only Kel Shaddai, and they did not question me. In other words, they didn't question me. You're questioning me. So based on this, they are on a higher level. They didn't question Hashem. So one end was saying, Wow, Hashem is revealing himself Yudke Vavke. So it sounds like much greater revelation. We obviously deserved it. We're, 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 we earned it. On the other hand, we're saying is no. In the previous day, they didn't question. Now we're questioning. So it seemingly is opposite. Opposite. Opposites. 
That's the second question. Another question of it says, we have to understand, we know it's brought down, in the famous Maimah Chazal, which is brought down in the Hasidic discourse of Achoydish Zelachem from the previous Rabbi in the year Tavshin. And he says, in reference to Moshe Rabbeinu, who again, we're referring to Moshe Rabbeinu now that he's revealing the Yud Kei And he says, Moshe Rabbeinu is the seventh generation. And we know it's brought down that, this, the, that the, the seventh, Kalashvin Chavivim, all the servants are very, very beloved. So also there it says it's, 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 you see the opposites. Why? Because on one hand, when you say that seven is beloved, those of us number one, number two, number three, four, five, six, but that's nothing. Comes to seven, wow, there's something special about number seven. On the other hand, when you say he's the seventh, he's not, he didn't start out being the seventh. In order to be the seventh, there had to be a one, there had to be a two, and a three, and a four, and five, and a six that came beforehand. In other words, so the reason why seven is beloved is because it comes after the first six. You know, so he's a seventh to what? To the first. Without a first, you can't be a seven. So on one hand, we're saying he's a seventh. There's something unique about these seven. But on the other hand, the seventh is riding on the coattail of the first. And especially, like the Rebbe brings in the famous Medrash, it says, that the previous Rebbe brings in the discourse, that when Moshe Rabbeinu asked, Something from Hashem, which was obviously only befitting for, for great people. So Hashem said to Moshe in the place of great people you can't stand. Who is referring to? He's referring to Avram Avinu. So on one end was saying Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, is higher. And we, look, he had Yitkei all the seventh of beloved. On the other hand, he's the seventh to the first, and Avram Avinu is much greater than him. So how do the two go together? So Rebbe says he's going to explain this by with an introduction based on a Hasidic discourse from the from the Alter Rebbe, the uh, person that's celebrating the yard site, the Alter Rebbe is celebrating the yard site, in his, his classic works on the on the Chumash, Torah, or Pasha Shmois. Also, the Rebbe says in one of the um, books, in Yiddish it's called the Bichel, one of the books that came out recently that were in captivity, that were released, and the Rebbe, the Rebbe received it, and the name of the, the discourse of that book that's released from prison is called to understand um, the explanation of a certain in Maimah Chazal, what it says in the Torah as follows, in the Prophets as follows. It says like this. There are 60 Malchus, 60 queens, Ushmoinim, 80 Pilakshim concubines, Ba'alamois, Ein Misbar, single woman, um, no limit, which is from uh, from King Solomon. Achasi one is my dove, Tamasi complete. Achasilima, she's one to her mother. Barahila too, she's very proud that she gave birth to her. Okay. What does that mean practically? It's a verse in King Solomon, which is all obviously full of codes and riddles and heavy, heavy, you know, uh, simple insights, Kabbalistic insights, etc. So what does what is, what is, what is Chazal tell us? What does it mean? When it says 60 queens, it's referring to the 60 tractates in the Talmud. 80 concubines. Is referring to Brysus in the Talmud as Brito. It's a different 80 Brysus that's in the Talmud. The Alamai Saint Misbar, the infinite amount of a single a single woman, is referring to Halachot, Jewish law, which is different sayings of, of the of different rabbis in, in the Talmud, how you supposed to behave like a godly person. But then, nevertheless, he finishes off, even though we're dealing with the 60 tractates of the Talmud, and the 80 Brysus, and all the different Halachot. But it doesn't compare to achas hi yoinasi, one is my dove. So the question is, what is that?
Also, the Rebbe says, we have to understand, we know the famous uh, teaching in the Talmud that says, there's a debate, what's greater? Studying Talmud, learning Torah, or doing the mitzvahs? And they, and they come out with, that even though the ultimate is doing the, doing the action, mitzvahs of our ultimate, you've got to do the mitzvahs. You can study, meditate, but if you don't do the mitzvah, you haven't filled the obligation. So seemingly, action is much higher. But they come to resolution, they say, no, no, the truth is Talmud is greater. Why? Because Talmud will inspire you to do the actions. So ultimately, yes, the action is greater. But Talmud is greater because it causes you to do the actions. Talmud, Gadol, Shemei, de Maisa. Talmud is greater because you do the actions. Shabbos says, one second. What are we saying? Talmud is greater because it causes you to do the actions, the mitzvah, 613 commandments. But the Rebbe says, one second. The fact is, we know there's a lot of laws which doesn't apply practically. You're never going to end up doing it. And especially, like the author explains in Tanya, that there's things that never, that, that, um, uh, that never happened, and they're never going to happen in a practical way. But nevertheless, there's laws about it, there's discussion in Talmud, etc. So if you're saying that Talmud is great because it brings you to do actions, what do you mean? There's a lot of things it doesn't bring you to do. So what does it mean Talmud is great because it causes you to do the actions? So, um, the uh, <clears throat> author explains as follows, w- with an introduction, and an important introduction, that we know that it's brought down in the Zohar, that, I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it, Tachlis Habriya, the main reason, the ultimate reason why Hashem created the world, for one reason, one reason only. He created the world, to make for Hashem, that God should have a dwelling place down here. What does that mean? Let me just explain it, because it's going to be a big part of the Chassidic Discourse based on this. When we say higher and lower, so even though this hand looks like it's higher than this hand, but the fact is it's not about physical height, it's about what's more powerful. So, El mean where God is more revealed, Takhtem where God is more concealed. So the, the reason why God created the world was, He should create a world where God is concealed, so we call it in Hebrew, Takhtem, and over there where God is concealed, God wanted to have a dwelling place. That doesn't ha- how does that happen? Oh, it happens through our avoidance. When we pray and we study and we do mitzvot, so we make a dwelling place for God in a place where God is not necessarily welcome the present in a revealed way. So since the ultimate intent is that we should make a dear betachtonin, we should make a dwelling place for God, that means a place where God's concealed, God should be revealed, so how do we do that? We need tools for that. So the, the making God revealed in a place where God's concealed, that happens through the 60 queens. And we said that's through the 60 tractates of the Talmud. The 80 palakshim concubines, which, which that's referring to the learning b'risa. The, the single woman which is not with no uh, infinite, which is referring to halacha. And so that's those specific. And then generally by learning Torah. So anytime you learn Torah, you're making, you're fulfilling God's dream and wish to have a dwelling place down here where God is concealed. In other words, what does that mean practically? When you learn Torah, and you learn about all the things that are tahar, the things that are pure, or the things that are kosher, things that are permissible, or mutter, appropriate. So when you learn about things which are pure, permissible, and appropriate, what happens is by learning it, you actually transform it. You actually elevate it. And then when we do our spiritual service by only 
being involved with things which are pure, only eating things which are kosher, only doing things which are permissible, we actually uh, refine and we elevate the thing that we're dealing with. And that's how we make a dear betachtainim. That's how we make a dwelling place for God in this world. In other words, so we want to make a beautiful world for God, where God should feel welcome. So we take a place where God is not revealed, we learn the Torah, we know what's permissible, and then we behave according to the Torah. Wow, that's how God's, God's, how God's revealed. But now that we can take, takes it a step further. If you want God to be revealed, you want God to have a dwelling place down here. So we all know in a house, you have different vessels. You have different furniture. You have different things in the house that make the house look beautiful. Art, whatever it may be. So in other words, when you want God to feel comfortable and feel well, welcome in this world, you need to have ni- nice, beautiful garments, nice, beautiful vessels, nice furniture, and nice art, whatever you have in your house to make it beautiful. What does that mean practically on a spiritual level? It means, I'll say to you, any time you do one of the 248 positive commandments, you're making God's house beautiful. On the other hand, what if you have dirt in the house? You can have a beautiful house, but it's dirty. You got to clean it up. So the same thing also to make God's dwelling place in this world. You want to have the mitzvah that brings in the positive light. That means God is God is felt in a beautiful way. But also you have to take take out the things that it's blocking God's light. Things that God doesn't like in His house. What is that? That's sur going away from evil, making sure not to God forbid transgress any one of the three hundred sixty five negative commandments. And if something there is there which is not according to the will of Hashem, you get rid of it. You take it out. And so the component of sur ra, which means getting rid of all the dirty things in the house, spiritually, that's the component of the Torah, which is on the side of Gvura. In other words, in Chesed, that's about doing positive things, getting rid of, that's coming from the left side from Gvura. So for example, when you have, when you learn Torah, and you have rulings that say, for example, something is the opposite of purity, or the opposite of of, 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 of of kosher, or the opposite of something which is permissible. In other words, what does that mean practically? It means that these things cannot be a vessel for godliness. These things cannot be a, a, a vessel for dear B'dachtonim to make God felt in down in this world. So you learn Torah, you learn both sides. You learn the things you have to do, and you do them, and you learn the things that you're not supposed to do, and you, and you don't do them. And that's how you make a dwelling place for, for God in this world. So this is the what it means when it says that there are sixty malchus, sixty queens, which is referring to the sixty tractates in the Talmud, which is referring to specifically Torah Shabbat. We know we have the written law, the five books of Moses, the prophets, and the writings, and then you have the oral law, which is the Talmud. Now, by learning, by you, you learning the Masechtas, learning learning Talmud, what happens is we. We're, we, we're, we're trying to figure out what is the will of Hashem. Specifically, that's the goal of the Talmud. When you learn Talmud, what is the will of Hashem? To know what not to do and to know what to do. Now, generally speaking, the Torah Peh, the Talmud, is divided up into six areas, which is basically called the Shisha Sidri Mishnah, the six different sections of the Mishnah. Zroi Moid, Nazik and Kachim Tar, the six different areas of the Mishnah. Now, each one, we know in the world of Kabbalah, everything is intertwined with 10. So every one of them intertwined with 10, so that's why you have 60, 60 tractates. In other words, so you have six areas of the Mishnah, each one intertwined with 10, so you have a total of 60. Now, so if we're dealing with the 60 tractates of the Talmud, uh, <clears throat> so why is it called Malchus? Why is it called a queen? Because in the Mishnah and the Talmud, God is revealed. What does it mean? You learn the Mishnah, you learn the Talmud, you know what God wants, and you know what He doesn't want, so God's revealed. 
just like a queen that the the king reveals himself to the to the queen in in a, in, a, in a consistent manner. So every time you're learning Mishnah and Talmud, you're you're dealing with what Hashem wants and God's revealed, and that's why the Mishnah and Talmud is called Malchus the Queen. And that's also the connection between the sixty tractates and the Malchus revealed part of God with and and with which referring to the Mishnah and the Talmud with the with the, with the with the temple. And there was a time that the temple existed, even though that the Mishnah was organized and when completed through through Rabbeinu Hakadosh, which we know he was after the Talmud, but we know it says in the Talmud it says in reference to, the, to it, things that happened at the times of the base of Migdash, which means that even though it happened then, but it got got trans, it forwarded over also to the times of Rabbeinu Hakadosh. In other words, that the Rabbeinu Hakadosh, even though he was after the times of of, of the of the base of Migdash, but he's a he's a continuation of the times of the of the times of the base of Migdash. So you see clearly that whatever happened in the times of Mishnah, God is revealed, and that that revelation is, is, is felt and present in the Mishnah and in the Talmud. So when you learn Mishnah and Talmud, it's like the Queen, which totally revealed to Hashem. So that's the first level. Shishim Masechtai is talking about the way God's revealed in the world. So when you learn Mishnah and Talmud, you're revealing God in the world because by knowing what to do, and obviously you follow that afterwards. What happens afterwards? So it says there's 80 concubines. What is that referring to? We said concubines is the brises. The different teachings in the Talmud, which is called the brisa. What is brisa? So brisa comes from the word of bar. What does bar mean? From the outside. From the, from, from the outside. What does it mean from the outside? Because when is the times of the brises, when they wrote the brises, that happened, was in the time of exile. In the time of exile, we were outside the land of Israel. We were exiled from the land of Israel. Which means we're outside. So in other words, even though the revelation of the will of Hashem <clears throat> we have then, but nevertheless, the revelation to know the will of Hashem in the times of the Brisa wasn't so clear as in the times of the Mishnah and Talmud. Because we're in Gullus, we're in Gullus, you're lacking the clarity. And that's why it's called Pelegash or Concubine. Because you don't have the same level of the clarity. So again, to recap, the Mishnah, the sixty, that's referring to when when God, when, when times of the Mishnah, times uh, times of the Mishnah, which is connected to the times of Mesa Mikdash. So God revealed clearly what should we do, what should we shouldn't do. And the Bryce already is that you don't have the full level of clarity because it was written after we went into exile. Afterwards, what happened to the next level? Well, then we go down to the ne- to, to, a, to a lower level with the level of, the level of. Which literally is translated as the single woman, there's no end. But we said that's referring to Jewish law, which comes from different um, uh, uh, teachings of different, different Amorayim. And this includes not only a law that was established in the past, but any time someone sits down, learns, and learns appropriately, and comes up with an explanation and an insight into the Torah that he's learning... And especially as we know in the times of, of, of the Talmud, um, when they learned the Babylonian Talmud. So it says clearly, that it was, we were, so to speak, in an exile time, so it was through darkness. And you see the difference between Talmud Babli and Talmud Yerushalmi. Jerusalem Talmud is very, very clear. It's much shorter. Talmud Babli is much more discussion. Why? Because you don't have the full clarity, which is referring to the Torah, which is in the time of exile, and up to literally the exile of now. 
So Allah is referring to what a deeper sense of Golas, which means less clarity as in, as in the Mishnah. And the reason why Yerba says it's called Allah comes from the word of Helen, concealment. In other words, that the concealment um, in Halacha is much greater than the concealment in, 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 in the Brisa. But nevertheless, even though the concealment is greater, we went from Mishnah where it's more revelation. Brisa, less revelation. Alama is halacha, even less revelation, more concealment. But even though there's concealment, but nevertheless, it's, there's no limits. Why? Because through the concealment, and specifically in the Gullus, and specifically in the concealment of Gullus, when you learn, you can have the ultimate transformation. As we said, dear Betachtoinim, the real dear Betachtoinim, the real dwelling place for Hashem is in Gullus. When, when, when we have the concealment, up until the point, ain't this far, we can learn and learn more and understand and write and comprehend and discuss. And the more we learn today in Gullus, and it, because we're lacking the clarity, we create, God should have a dwelling place down here. And Rebbe says, this is, an, this is only like an introduction where, to the ultimate where it's going to be, Bahayah, Mr. B'nai Yisrael, Shalai Yisrael, that the counting of the Jewish people is going to be so much, going to be infinite, it's going to be impossible to count. How do we, how do we create that? By learning Torah, and specifically learning Torah in Golas. And trying to create a light of Torah in exile—that's how we create the ultimate, the ultimate, the ultimate dear but dwelling place for Hashem down here. Now, so even though what we just learned that by the goal is dear but that God should be God should be should be felt and comfortable in a place where, God, where, the, where godliness is concealed. How do we make it happen by learning Torah, Mishnah? Brisa and halacha, and more importantly, any Torah you're learning in the time of exile. So that's how you accomplish it. But nevertheless, Rebbe says, one second, but the verse says, Achas, <clears> he <throat> one is my dove. So and even though learning Torah, all these different levels make it happen, but you still need the one. What is the one? <clears throat> the one is the one Hashem. You have to remember the one Hashem, because in order to connect Torah, they were learning Torah with the giver of the Torah, which means Hashem chose us, Bachabanu, Hashem chose us from all the nations, and He gave us His Torah. And when you connect to the oneness of Hashem when you're learning Torah, it's not about, I understand it like this, you understand it. It's all about, what does Hashem want? Staying focused in the oneness of Hashem. What does Hashem want? It's Hashem's Torah. What does Hashem want for us? Then, when you focus on the oneness of Hashem, then it's Hashem is with you, and then you come out to give a proper ruling, which is in line with what Hashem wants. Now, that's the goal. The goal is we should be in line with Hashem. So you can learn Torah, and you're learning Torah, you're intellect, and you're going to forget about Hashem. So the goal is to remember about Hashem. So how do we how do we talk and stay focused? How do we make sure that when we're learning Torah, we're in line with really what Hashem wants? We're connected always throughout our learning to what Hashem wants. Because when we learn what Hashem wants, that's how we make the ultimate day of Hashem. So that happens specifically by doing something which is called avoidas atfilah. By prayer, but not just saying the words, the work of prayer. Putting your heart into prayer. Because when your person prays, with your whole heart and your whole being, that's how you create the one. That's how you create the oneness. That's how you create the recognition that it's all about Hashem. Because you receive from the oneness of Hashem. And the beginning of the service of prayer, of creating that oneness, that's the level of the dove. And like Dara brings the verse in the prophet that says, 
um, a necha yoinim, which referring to our eyes are like the dove. What does it mean? Our eyes are like the dove. Because what, 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 when I, when you eyes, you see. So there's physical seeing, and then there's um, meditation is also seeing. So when a person uses his eyes to see, physically and you, mentally and emotionally, you meditate. That's how you connect to the oneness of Hashem. Which means basically when you do his boyness, when you meditate. What does Shema mean? Shema means to listen. Shema means to meditate. And you look and you meditate when you're saying Shema, which is because before Shema Nestor, before when you're totally one with Hashem, before that you have to meditate first by Shema. Even before Shema, we know, for example, you start off with the blessings of Shema, which comes before Shema. And before that even comes the Pesukah de Zimra, saying praise for Hashem. And the whole purpose of Pesukah de Zimra, praising Hashem, the blessings of Shema, and then the Shema, is also we can meditate and we can see. Our eyes can see. A Nechayonim, we should see, we should come to that Dove, up to the point that we say Shema Yisrael. We hear, we see, we connect, we understand. Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. It's all about the oneness of Hashem. In other words, what does Shema mean? The Rebbe Shema means like this. Shema comes from here. It means you're gathering all your thoughts. You're gathering it all together. You're gathering your whole self, putting yourself together. And you're connecting to what? And you're receiving from Hashem Alekeinu, from Hashem our God. All our different thoughts and feelings, how do we bring it all one? Let me see what Hashem has in store for me. Which that's the level of Achas, the oneness. And when you get to that oneness, when you connect to the oneness, then you can reach a bechol ma'itcha with your whole mind. Your whole mind. Then you can go on a serious nefesh, give your life over for Hashem. How do you do it? You have to go to the oneness. So prayer, meditation, throughout the prayer services to get to the oneness. When you get to the oneness, that's when you reach the level of bechol ma'itcha. And when a person does the avodah of achas hi which means praying, meditating, connecting to the oneness, then you become Achas as one, but then you become Tamasi. Tamasi means complete, completion. That's when you cre- create real completion. The oneness creates real completion. You want to have, want to be peace. You want to be at peace. You want to have wholesomeness in your life. You want sanity. You want clarity. By cr- going to the oneness, you'll have real completion, real, re- real, real oneness. In other words, what does that mean practically? That you're literally fulfilling. And you're completing the will and the desire of Hashem that He wanted to have a dear b'taktoinim. Hashem wanted a dear b'taktoinim. So the first thing we said, you have to learn Torah. But learning Torah is great. But you also have to remember learning Torah with the oneness of Hashem. How do you prep yourself and 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 put yourself in that situation when it's all about the one of Hashem by meditating through prayer? And when you pray, you create achas, the oneness of Hashem. And then what comes complete? The dream of Hashem and the wish of Hashem, dear b'taktoinim, happens through that meditation. And that, so, so how does it practically happen when you learn Torah? So you affect in the world that Hashem has revealed. That's one, that's one insight in Achas Hiyayinasi, Tamasi, which means you're creating the completion of Hashem's dream. And there gives another insight of Tamasi. Tamasi also comes from the word of Tu'umasi, from a twin. What does that mean? That when we do our work, we learn Torah, and we connect to the oneness of Hashem, then we become a to umasi, we become a twin. What does that mean? We become literally partners with Hashem in the creation of the world. <clears throat> and like to explain that length and Torah from the Alter Rebbe and the Torah, etc. 
And then the verse finishes off, you literally become the one child to your parent, and the parent is proud that they gave birth to you. So in other words, when we do our voidah, our spiritual work of making a dirbatakhtani by learning Torah, and by praying, we create the oneness, and the oneness of Hashem's dream of dirbatakhtani becomes complete, and we become a partner with Hashem in this world. And based on this, Rebbe explains powerfully and beautifully why it says, God speaks to Moshe and he says, Why? Because we all know that when we went to Egypt, the purpose of going to Egypt was, it was Kur Habarzel. It was there to go ahead and refine us and purify us and create us, create within us the ability that we should be ready to receive the Torah. And as in order for the world to receive the Torah, and that we should learn Torah to do the mitzvahs of Hashem, we have to go through the iron, the, the, the iron furnace of Egypt. We have to go through Vayimaru's Chayen, where they made our life miserable and bitter. And they made us work hard. Very, very hard. What's the purpose of working hard? It wasn't to focus really on the physical labor. We all know everything is on a spiritual level. The goal was to transform us and to refine us so that we and the world be ready to receive the Torah. However, before Mitzrayim, before we went down to Egypt, in the time of the Avos, in the time of the patriarchs, the world wasn't ready to receive the Torah. And the proof is, we didn't have the Torah then. The process of going down to Egypt, the refinement process, made us and the world ready to, to receive the Torah. Because once we have the Torah, then you're able to draw down into the world two words, very important words, MS Hashem Le'olam, the truth, of the infinite God in the world. So it was a process. Before before we went to Egypt, the world wasn't a vessel for the Torah. Once we went to Egypt, we got refined. Now the world is ready for the truth of Hashem through Torah to come into the world. Because we know that the Torah is called Torah's Havayah. That's the Torah of Yudkei Bavkei. And the Torah affects in the world of Breshis, Bara, Lakim, Hashem originally created the world of a finite world. And that creates, makes the world become, to get, come to its completion, where we have Dir B'tachtoinim in the world. Like the Rebbe explained before, Tamasi. What does Tamasi mean? It becomes complete. We complete the will of Hashem, which He had when He created the world. And when he originally created the world, it was voracious. He created the world voracious in the beginning, based two beginnings. It was before, the two beginnings. One was he created the world for the Torah, so that we can learn Torah and make the world a dear with a, 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 a tiny for Hashem. How do we do it? Like we learned before, even though we make a dwelling place for Hashem in this world by the sixty um, uh, tractates of the Talmud and the 80 concubines, and the infinite amount of halachot, which is all connected to Torah, but in order for that to work, that's the action, but in order for that to work, you need to have an introduction for, before you learn the Torah, you have to go ahead and pray. What is prayer? We said before, but prayer is, nasi. it's the oneness, it connects us to the one Hashem. And when it, we connect it to the oneness of Hashem, then our connection with Hashem becomes much stronger and much deeper. And when we connect to the one of us, oneness of Hashem, we affect within Torah that Torah is connected to Hashem in a much deeper level, and then we're able to bring down that much deeper level to this world by doing the introduction of prayer. And like Yerba says, it's you know in the famous explanations that it says, we know it says that there are three chains 
three three links to our chain. In other words, um, the Jewish people are connected to the Torah, and the Torah is connected to Hashem. So the question is, so why is that three links? From the Jewish people to the Torah is one link. From the Torah to Hashem is a second link. It's three rings, but it's only two links. But the answer is that if you look at it, we go from Hashem to the Torah. The Torah to Hashem is two. But then the, then from Hashem back to the Jewish people, we have another link. The link is where we connect to, where we connect to Hashem. In other words, <clears throat> just like in a ring, so you have us to the Torah, Torah to Hashem, and Hashem back to us. It keeps on going in circles. So it's not just going from, from down, uh, from high down below, or vice versa. That God is, so to speak, higher and we're lower. Uh, but the, the fact is, we, we're all connected on the same level. And so by, by learning Torah, so we learn Torah, then, we, then the Torah is connected to Hashem, and but through learning Torah and we get connected to Hashem, now Hashem is connected to us directly. Like, for example, King David said that um, he, he connected the Torah with, with, uh, with Hashem and then back to the Jewish people. So what happens like this, how do we connect, you know, if we are connected to Torah and the Torah to Hashem, so how do we go back to Hashem is connected to us? That happens through Achasiyenosi, what happens through prayer. When we, when we pray, besides learning Torah, we create the connection that, that it's what we're connected directly to Hashem. If it's only through Torah, it's us, Torah and Hashem. But when you pray, you, you create that it comes like a circular event that after you study, you connect to Hashem and then you connect it back, uh, Hashem is connected back to you directly. So the same thing also where it says, that's what we learned till now about the Torah and the prayer. So now the Rebbe is going to bring it back full circle. And that's why it says, Ani Hashem, I am Yudke Bavke. What does that mean, I am Yudke Bavke? It's referring to Torah, which Torah is the, the true essence of Hashem. Because we know when you learn Torah, you're taking Hashem Himself. By learning Torah, you're connecting to Hashem Himself. Why? Because Torah is Chachmasa Baruch Hu. In Kabbalah, it's called Abba. And Torah is Primius Abba. And Primius Abba, we know, is connected to Primius Arctic to the highest Sphera, which is referring to the essence of Hashem. So through learning Torah, you connect to the essence of Hashem. Ani Hashem, by, when Hashem's um, um, till now, was a very Dabra Lokim. But when you go out and you're going to receive the Torah, and you're going to have the introduction of prayer, you're going to, it's going to be Ani Hashem, you're going to connect to the essence of Hashem. But how do you connect to the essence of Hashem? We said that by learning Torah, you're only connecting to Hashem, not to the essence. And the answer is, that's why, that's why Hashem says, Ani Hashem, yeah, you're going to connect to me to my essence. But remember, in order to connect to the essence, before that, you know what has to happen? But Eirel Avram, I have to appear to Avram, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov, to the patriarchs. Why? Because what do the patriarchs represent? The patriarchs represent prayer. Because we all know who established a prayer. The patriarchs established the prayer services. And specifically, we know Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Avram established the chakras, the morning prayer service. Yitzchak established the afternoon, the mincha prayer service. And Yaakov established the evening prayer service, Mayrev. Why? Because the prayer is an introduction to our work as children of Hashem. As we know, it says, The actions of the patriarchs of establishing the prayer is a sign for the children. That, because you need to have both. I repeat to Avram, that's, that's the, referring to what the idea of prayer. But Shmi Hashem, Yud Kei didn't have through the Torah. 
So once we went through Egypt, when we received the Torah, we get the Ezra Hashem, we have to remember, we have to remember the fact is that we're leaning on the shoulder of the patriarchs, and we have to do their avoid as well, their work. And their work is prayer. So we need to have both components. We need to learn Torah, and that's how we connect to the Yesen Hashem. But we also have to have prayer beforehand. And based on this, Rebbe explains the verse beautifully. He says like this, By Yedabar Elakim, Elakim speaks. Why does he start off with Elakim? If he's giving us Yudke Bavke, he should have said, By Yedabar Yudke Bavke, he's introducing Yudke Bavke. But it starts off, no, By Yedabar Elakim. Why By Yedabar Elakim? Rebbe says like this, because the fact is like this. When was Hashem speaking to the Jewish people? When we were in Egypt. And in order to go out of Egypt, what was taking place in Egypt? The gvura, the strength of Klippa was very, very strong. So you needed Elohim. In order to go out of Egypt, in order to go out of exile, you need Elohim. You need strength. You need power. And Elohim represents power. And like, for example, there says, we know, Paro, who was the king of the land of Egypt, what did he say? Lo Hashem. I don't know Yudke Bavke. The only thing I know is the level of Elohim. So that's what you need by Yedabra Elohim to take us out of Egypt. Because Pari doesn't understand the Yudke Bavke language. He has no connection with Yudke Bavke. Why is that? Because Pari, Rebbe says, he gets his energy from the 48 permutations of the last two letters of Shem Elohim. It's, it's brought down in Zoyim, it explains like this, that the Shem Elohim is made up of five letters. Aleph, Lamid, Hey, Yud, Mem. That's five. Which is, a to- which is a total of 120 permutations. Paroi was connected to the last two letters, the Yud and the Mem. And that's 48 permutations. So Pari was connected to those 48. That's where he got his energy from. Which is interesting, it doesn't explain it here, but Nazoyer explains as follows. The last two letters of Elohim is Yud Mem, which is me. So Pari says, me, who is Hashem that I should listen to? He was connected to me. But on the other hand, we're connected to Ayla. And and Ayla is that Klippus has no connection to. But anyway, back to the full, to, to the, the point. The point I was saying is that Pari is connected to what? Shem Alakim. And not this whole Shem Alakim, only the last two letters, the 48 permutations of the last two letters of Yud and the Mem. That's what Pari, unfortunately, Rebbe says, by the Jewish people, that they, that we were in exile. Also, we were connected to Shem Alakim. So that's why Hashem came along as a Ve'idabra Lakim. But afterwards, after Ve'idabra Lakim, and basically he used Elakim, so to speak, to pull us out of Gullus, and to deal with Pari, which was connected to Shem Elakim, the only last two letters. So then he says, Ani Hashem, because I'm taking you out of Egypt, got it. Ve'idabra Lakim, we're taking you out of Egypt. We're taking you out of the Klippot. But now it's time to have the revelation of Ani Hashem Yudke Bavke. How are you going to have Yudke Bavke? Through Torah. But remember, it's coming as an, coming by having the introduction of first of Eirel Avram Al Yitzchak Al which they represent the idea of prayer. Prayer is represented by what like we learned before from from you know, from, the, from the prophets, the level of Achasi Yenosi, because when you're connected to Hashem on the level of Achasi Yenosi through prayer, like the others Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, and on that level of Achas one. And that's why Hashem said about the Abbas, there's no room to ask questions of Hashem. When you're connected to the oneness, there's no questions. And and like it says, Bechol Mo'idcha. What does Bechol Mo'idcha mean? Any which way Hashem treats you, anything Hashem does to you, no problem, it's coming from Hashem. When you're connected to the Akas, you realize everything is coming from Hashem. 
the good, the, what we perceive as good and bad, challenges, not cha- it's all coming from the Hashem. And therefore you have no questions. But afterwards, after you're connected to like the oneness of prayer, and therefore there's no questions, but then you draw down from Ani Hashem Yudke Bavke, and then you bring it down into, it, further through Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's why he says, hey, tell the Jewish people Ani Hashem. In other words, what's Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah from Har Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu is representing the Torah and gave it over to every single one of us. He gave over the Torah to all the Jewish people. So, so that the Yudke Vavke of Acha should be revealed in the Torah. That the Ten Commandments should come down into the Ten Utterances that created the world. The goal is that the oneness should come into the world. In other words, we should experience redemption from the concealment and the limitations of Mitzrayim, and we should experience all levels of redemption. But it's God's taking us out, it's salty, God's saving us for Ga'alti, God's bring, take, um, redeeming us for Kakti, He's taking us to Hashem, as, to, to Hashem. Up until the point that Hashem is going to bring us to the land, the good land, which is obviously, if it's a good land, it's the opposite of concealment. And a land of abundance. Toiv rechava. Toiv means it's good, revealed good. Rechava and abundance. The opposite of any Mitzrayim which is constraints. And when is that going to happen? It's going to happen very, very quickly, quickly in our generation through Mashiach Tzidkenu. This is obviously a very, very powerful Kabbalistic Hasidic discourse. But here you see how the important it is to A, pray, and by the prayers, it's the prayers to connect to the oneness of Hashem. And when you connect to the oneness of Hashem, you connect it to the others, the patriarchs, they instituted prayer. And then you bring it into Torah. And by learning Torah, you bring Hashem, dear B'dachtoinim. And once you have the experience of bringing dear B'dachtoinim, then we have the ultimate Eretz Toiva, the good land where God is revealed, the Rechava, tremendous abundance. And like Rebbe says, we'll have it all while we go with the Gula to Mashiach to Tkenu. And let's hope our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Irak Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.